Welcome to The Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast where we discuss all things compounding and all things concerning independent pharmacy. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Delisio, North American Sales Director, and Sebastian Dennison, Clinical Compounding Pharmacist. Welcome, Compounding World. You're listening to Episode 2 of PCCA's podcast, the most comprehensive compounding podcast out there. I'm your host, Mike Delisio, and with me is my co-host, Sebastian Dennison. Good day, everyone. How you been, Seb? Been doing really well. Uh, just enjoying the summer thus far, and nice to be at home and getting things started with, with, uh, with our school year. So the kids are starting to get into it. So how about you, Mike? Uh, things have been good. I'm excited today. Uh, this is, uh, this is going to be an important episode for our podcast series. We're going to be welcomed by Jim Smith, the president of PCCA. Uh, before we kick things off, I just wanted to know what's been going on in your world and, and how you've been as a compounding pharmacist. Uh, it's actually been a really interesting summer. We've had a lot of, a lot of travel with our team. I actually just got back from Vegas myself. I was actually at an A4M presentation talking to physicians about compounding and teaching them how to write for compounded prescriptions. So that's kind of been a nice piece for us because we're actually integrating much more with physician world. And they're looking to us for guidance on how to actually execute their thoughts uh, with respect to functional medicine. Great. Uh, What about you? How was your summer? How have you been traveling a lot? I've barely seen you in the office. It's kind of nice to have you back and be able to do some projects with you? Uh, it's been it's been quite hectic. And like like it is for most, summer has almost felt like it's disappeared. So between June, July, and August, um, also in our industry, it also marks a time that is very, very popular for trade shows. And uh, that brought us to many different dif- destinations, including uh, probably the pinnacle of our industry, which is Compounders on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., and that took us pretty much around the country. Um, extremely hectic, extremely busy, but very, very positive. Um, one thing that I want to share is that it's been a great experience to connect with members uh, and compounding pharmacists across the country, but most importantly, speaking to a new group of individuals that are highly engaged, would like to know more, and uh, definitely want to add compounding to their practice. Uh, definitely an eye-opening experience. G- great to see and great to hear from so many different individuals uh, that have had community pharmacies for a very long time and that are looking to add compounding to their practice. So it's been, it's been an awesome summer, and um, I couldn't think of a better way kind of jump into this and start chatting with Jim about how everything is going to look for the future and what his opinions are. You know, we shared a bit more on my end, um, but we're excited. Uh, Jim is not somebody that we ever have a chance to really sit down and talk to for a very, very long time. We're going to try to keep this somewhat brief. I know he's a busy man, uh, but we're definitely excited to sit down and, and welcome Jim. So Jim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Great to be with you guys today. I'm listening to the the beans and the, I haven't heard a sore yet, but uh, I, I got to bring the Texas <laughs> accent to the to the group here. We haven't apologized yet. <laughs> it might come. It might come. Um, for those of you that are not familiar with Jim, uh, Jim is our acting president of PCCA, and we're going to talk to him a bit more about the industry and where we're headed in this excited time. 
Uh, Jim has been with PCCA since 2000 and has served as president since 2009 after years of serving as a key member of our upper management team. Jim has been a key part in establishing and maintaining PCCA's place as a leader in compounding worldwide, not necessarily just in the United States. So Jim, just kind of kick things off. Um, we shared what has ex been exciting us mostly recently over the last few months. What excites you the most about the future of our industry? Well, thanks, Mike. Just so good to be with you guys today. And you, know, you're, you really are two heroes in this industry, both of you. And Sebastian, I know our members are on the phone every day listening to you and uh, answering questions that, that you have. I get to look through a glass. There's a glass wall between my office and your office. And as I, as I look through there, I, I see Sebastian always stands and uh, he's always got some animation going. So um, <laughs> he's engaged in whatever he's talking about. I, I, I dare not delve into the topic because I know I'm, gonna, I'm just going to listen in there and go, okay, that's way over my head, whatever it is you're talking about. But it's awesome. And, and Mike, just so great having you down here in Houston. You've, you've served so, so many years up in Canada and taking care of that business, nurtured those wonderful members up there taking care of our team members up there, and I, I just thank you for, for doing this. You guys are really brave to step in and do podcasts. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> so I guess one of my great things about being in this industry is the innovation uh, that I see taking place and going on, and this is an example of it, now, people wanting to get the word out. If there's anything I get excited about with with uh, the, the opportunities that exist out there in compounding, it's just the, the tremendous, tremendous unmet needs that are out there. And the ways that, that PCCA and our member pharmacies are going about trying to help doctors and patients connect with all of those unmet needs. And I think more and more, used to, I think people would just, if you didn't know about it or if there, it wasn't there, people would just kind of go off a different direction or take whatever the doctor was giving them. Uh, that pharma did produce, but in those times where there's something that's just not working or it's just not available, I think now there is a growing awareness that there are options, and I think people are beginning to seek them. And you know, we're in, we're used to a world where the option needs to present itself before people become aware and evident of it. Like the drug needs to be here to that cures this, uh, and with compounding, it's just the awareness that a solution's around the corner. It's uh, you don't have to have the solution in your hand. What you have to have is the problem. And the compounding pharmacists and the people at PCCA are all about trying to resolve the unmet need and figure it out. So as people are starting to learn to bring their unmet needs uh, in and not just what's the problem and, and where's, where's the, where is the solution I'm looking for, I think that we're, we're seeing compounding come about. The, the day of compounding is, is upon us. You know, it's interesting, Jim, um, having listened to you last week, uh, when you were covering the overall mission, vision, strategy of, of what PCCA is and reminding a lot of the employees what our position is in the marketplace, is there anything that you'd like to share in terms of what the true mission is and, and what is the core belief in terms of what we do as a company and the direction that we're heading as well? You know, historically, we've been around 37 years, and our, our company has strong, strong roots in independent community pharmacy and uh, the people engaged there. I think that's primarily because 
that was the place where a bit of, of innovation, the time, uh, maybe the motivation to, to go about solving problems existed. And this love between independent community pharmacy and uh, compounding, where those two intersected is where PCCA really found its sweet spot. I think as time has, has evolved and we've gone, gone forward, we are so proud to be able to serve the, the people that our customers are, are incredible pharmacies that, that are out there doing tremendous things. And we get excited about serving and supporting them. As time has gone on, I think what we have fallen in love with is the, the idea that we're helping patients. And it's an odd thing because as a company, we never see patients. We are here to support pharmacies, but our passion comes from making sure that whether that animal or your grandma or your child, whoever the patient is at the other end of, of what we're putting together, that's what motivates us. Lives depend on a job well done. That's one of our mottos around here. And it is, it is at the core of, of our mission, our vision. Both of those uh, are centered around making sure patients' needs get met. So on that note, we've been, like you said, we've been doing this for 37 years. Um, we are taking care of patients at the end of the day. So what are some of our, our, our company plans or executions that we're currently undertaking or um, programs that you see, just three programs that you would say that are still pushing forward in different directions to ensure that, A, we're still going to be here in another 6,000 years as pharmacists, um, another 35 years as a company, as well as still looking after patients over the next multiple business cycles that we see coming up, especially for new incoming members or old members that are saying, how am I going to develop my business plan? Yeah, longevity in, uh, is, is a big deal about how do we go forward. And I think some of that you need to go back and look at roots. Where, where, where do the roots come from? I think part of what makes me sure there's a future for comp pharmacy compounding is the fact that it's historic. Yep. <laughs> we, we've, got, we've got roots that go way back into, into history. This is what pharmacy and the profession, as it's developed, it, it came from. The ability to understand um, how, how medicinal ingredients work in the world and how to put them together, how to apply them, how to get an effect that's going to bring some relief. And this is in the roots of the, the profession of pharmacy. And it gives me tremendous, as I look forward, I go, gosh, with a foundation like that, how could you not keep building and keep growing as a profession? I do find it odd that the pharmacy profession back in, by, by, the, by the 1980s, when this company got started, it had pretty well turned its back on, on those roots. Uh, not completely, but the, the oh, pharmacists had gotten to the place where they were counting out pills and uh, the, they counting them out by fives, putting a label on the bottle and handing them to the patient and thank you very much, next patient please. And it, it's nice to, to know that, that we discovered, uh, the, the founders of this company discovered the ability to reach out and serve a patient with a unique need. And I know probably on this podcast, you've heard the history of the company and, and where it came from with, with the, the first doctor uh, that came to, to Walter Hayhurst, uh, one of the, the original founder of the company. I'll say the one of, he was the guy. And uh, a pharmacist at a corner, corner drugstore who uh, 
had the opportunity to help out a patient. And how neat it was that, that he discovered that he could, he could actually go in, figure out how to make the, make the formulation. And, and from that point, I think we have been a huge factor in, in a resurgence, in re helping remind pharmacy, the profession, that these are the roots. And if they're the roots, why, on, why are they not the future? And I think that's what we've been able to build over the last 37 years, is making sure that the roots had continuity into the future. So I'm excited as I talk to people who are interested in things like gene therapy and uh, stem cell research. I, I heard a, a doctor recently say that stem cells and compounding will be the future of medicine. And I went, wow, that's pretty profound. Um, and I really believe that, the, that we have a connection to the, some of the greatest um, things that are going to happen in medicine in the future. Today, we're like 1% of all the prescriptions that are written. And there's still a very dominant mindset out there that um, before a solution can be presented to uh, an individual or certainly to the public in any kind of way, it's got to have gone through the gajillion, 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 whatever, whatever process the FDA has for making sure that a drug is safe and effective. The profession of pharmacy is working with individuals, and um, I, I know they're making sure that there's safety there. The effectiveness comes as the doctor and the, and, and the doctor is working with the patient. It's the doctor's job to see that this stuff is working. If it's not working, guess what they do? They try something else. And that's, that's very unique from the standpoint that we've proven for years and years and years and studies and billions of dollars that this is effective for these umpteen million people. And, oh, oh by the way, these other umpteen million people are going to have these side effects as a result of taking it. <laughs> I, uh, you don't know all that with all the compounded medications, but you, doctors know how to get, they, they too have an art. They have the art and the science of their medicine, as, do, uh, as does the profession of pharmacy. It's so awesome as I look ahead to see all of these things connecting up from really the past. And that's, that's a huge thing. Certainly there's a lot of other stuff, Sebastian. You, you may want to know about other things. I've, we, we are doing a lot here in terms of today, day to day, what are we doing to make sure that that connection and that future bridge is built? But uh, that's that's the idea. Well, that, it, it's interesting because I, I'm just going to touch on this for just a moment. The whole idea about innovation and uh, kind of development and direction, the the meeting up of new new technologies with this historical ability to compound is kind of where our, we are. And we are expanding, obviously. But, but again, going back to it, you said we do have some, some plans in place with our company. So things like uh, our, our work with the Congre uh, congressman, our work with industry, working with the FDA, those positives that we're, we're taking. Is there anything that you, that you feel comfortable that, that is really going to be the, the cornerstone of our direction as a company uh, and as an industry? Well, I, I, I really do think the, as we go forward, Sebastian, um, you've, you've got to make sure you have a go forward. <laughs> so yeah, I don't want to get into all of the, the huge obstacles that, that, that we face. Every industry's got huge obstacles to, to moving forward. Progress, by definition, is defined by how do you overcome the stuff that's in front of you. <laughs> and uh, our world <clears throat> has plenty of stuff in front of us. Um, the, the, the medical establishment, as, as it is set, depends heavily on the FDA approval process. And uh, we have the finest, I believe, the finest drug 
system on earth. I really believe that. And I believe that's because of the FDA, that approval process. I, I believe in all of that. I, I just understand that there are shortcomings to where that process fits when it comes to everyone. And as you're filling in the gaps, there are places where, where the gaps need to be filled in. And th this gets to, as you're talking about regulatory and other things, the, 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 the whole system that's been put in place to ensure that we are taken care of, um, there are times where that fails us and works against us in terms of people having access to medicine that's going to, to help them. And so for whatever reason, compounding is sometimes seen as a threat to that whole approval process that's out there. The big pharma companies and others may see it that way. We don't see it that way, which is just so odd. We, we've always seen this as we are part of a continuum of people having access to the best medicines in the world. And uh, we're, we're, where there, there are not things that, that work out there that have been proven to be effective, there are other ways to go about helping people have access to solutions to their needs. And when that system starts fighting against uh, any, any variation from it, that's where people's needs become hurt. And we have a huge, huge passion and advocacy effort that we have underway to make sure that people who are misserved or underserved because of how the system currently works, uh, we are there to make sure that we're working with legislators so they understand what, where the gaps are, where the pain points are, and how do we relieve those pain points, either, either through legislation or working within the system and, and just helping it function better. Huge effort we have going on. So that would be the compounders on Capitol Hill, our involvement there, um, our consulting departments, lead AJ Day he's working yeah. with the FDA I think Gus is working with USP these sort of these sort of uh, activities on PCCA on behalf of all compounders well, and with the pharmaceutical industry well, thanks for mentioning all of those you know we've, we've got such talent here at PCCA and the people that uh, pull off incredible things and as strange as it is that we sometimes are end up in in kind of an arm wrestle with the FDA um, it, there's also tremendous need, I think, that they have from us and our expertise, the, the, the industry benefits from, from our company. We are really the center of, of where the passion exists and where the knowledge exists for advancing compounding as, as a science and as an art. And um, A.J. Day, for instance, as he appears before the PCAC committee, making sure that patients have access. The FDA is trying to determine which things should or shouldn't be able to be used to be compounded. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that's exactly where Congress wanted all that to go when, when they established all that with 503A back in 97, but it's, it's where we're at, and we have to work with what we have, and the Congress is trying, or I believe the FDA is trying to do their job. We believe there are some problems with how that's all set up and how things are presented, what's, what's available and not. And by golly, this, this industry depends heavily on the advice, uh, the counsel, the experience of people like A.J. Day uh, from PCCA to, to give a testimony and understanding, present the science of what it is we're dealing with, and uh, that's, that's, that's critical. We put a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of energy into doing all of those things. And I, I think there's a side of our business that goes, wait a minute, how does that help us sell more stuff or do whatever. It's like, no, that's not what it's about. It's about making sure there's a future. 
And so uh, thanks for, for recognizing that that advocacy effort is a huge part of just keeping an environment open. So compounding has a smooth, good, clean, growing future. Um, on that note, Jim, you, you touched on something really interesting. Whenever I meet somebody and I talk to them about what we do, a lot of the times they have a hard time understanding what a compounded medication is. If you've never been exposed to one, if you've never had a script written for you or a family member, you really don't know what it means. And, and having worked in this field for close to 17 years, it's always funny to have these conversations with people outside of our world. And the funniest thing that I think I, I ever bring up is the fact that it represents 1% of all prescriptions. And that blows people's minds that this is such a big market, so many people are doing it, and yet it only represents 1% of all prescriptions in the U.S. specifically. Um, if we were to talk about the future and, and where we're headed, and if that represented 2% and what that would mean, what do you think pharmacist place in all this is and, and how we bring this market to to potentially 2% of all scripts. And, and what does that look like? What do you think pharmacists need to do to be to get physicians and patients more engaged? Mike, you're, you're hammering on what I think is the, uh, the absolute biggest enemy to compounding. It is not a regulatory threat. It's not pharma or any other uh, competitive threat out there. It's just pure lack of awareness that people have. And that lack of awareness isn't just with the general public, it's with physicians and it's with pharmacists. So the ability to help people have an awareness of what compounding can do, what it is, what it, what's available, is a huge effort on our part. Um, I, I know I travel a lot, and when I'm on a plane, I have yet to sit next to somebody when they ask what I do, and I, you have to explain it a little bit about what's up. Sometimes they've heard of compounding, but it, I just, it's rare that anybody has a clue what I'm even talking about. And they just go, wow, didn't, didn't know anything like that existed. Didn't know that was out there, which shocks me. I, I, we have a big map at PCCA, a big wall map of the United States. And we've got a little pin for every one of, of our members with a, with a little number on it. And this thing's just full. You know, we got 3,500 or so active members. And that kind of fills up a map. And you'd think looking at that, boy, this, this whole compounding thing, it just must be saturated. Every pharmacist on earth must be doing this. And the reality is so the opposite of that. There, there are so, percentage-wise, there are not a lot of pharmacists. But I'm seeing more and more pharmacists with an interest because the, what, whatever has happened, it's like leaven. It's, it, it's, it's just growing. It's, it, it's rising. And I, I see the, uh, the industry is, is getting to a place where more and more people are seeing people who've met unique needs and, and they've been able to step in and realize this is a big part of our profession. We've got to hang on to it. You know, at PCCA, we spend a lot of energy working with the schools of pharmacy and getting back into that group of people. And I know that those seeds that have been planted over the years are coming, that, that we bring kids here, we're out in the schools, we're helping to give them some exposure to compounding. And I know that those efforts have gone a long way to help people have some sense that, wow, when I run into these strange situations that, that uh, nobody else seems to know how to solve, there is a resource I think we can, we can connect with. And getting involved with compounding, I think people start thinking about PCCA and how they can get involved. 
and and make that happen. So um, I think this is this is just some of the stuff of pharmacies are beginning to connect with seeds that are out there, the success of people that are there, and I think the the uh, the consumer base is getting because people have had success. They talk to their friends, they talk to their whatever their their neighbors, they talk to their doctors. More and more people have a general awareness that if I bring my need, maybe there's somebody out there that can help us. And I think that's compounding pharmacy. I think that's where we need to go. I find it really interesting because in asking, I've heard innovation, technology, advocacy, and now we're talking about education. But I think the the last uh, cornerstone really to to success in compounding is going to be marketing and awareness for the general public. And I think we're undertaking some some steps towards that. Um, I think we can direct people to our Facebook site. We can tell them to like these things, and we're trying to put it out there. Um, I think this podcast is a primary I example. Think, I think this is of, where we're trying to go. Thank you, Interfacing guys. With, with the world um, yeah. and getting a lot more people engaged and a, creating a lot more awareness as to what's available to them. You know, if, if you got a compounded medication and you happen to search iTunes for a compounding pharmacist podcast, well, here you are. <laughs> and and you're learning a lot more about the history of PCCA. That is the top thing to search for. Is I tell you, I you never podcast. know. And, and this is what we're <laughs> hoping for. Mike, I got to tell you that I am so glad this is a podcast and not a video webinar of, of things. Uh, you know, cause nobody, nobody can see the three of us, but um, I'm sitting I'm sitting next to two of the well, certainly the two most buff people in in this entire building, <laughs> but probably in this city, and uh, could, could pull it off and. Uh, you, you guys are, are fanatics about uh, working out, looking great, being healthy, and uh, thank you for having the energy and, and the drive to put something like this together so people can know more about compounding. And uh, one day they'll get to see you. And I'm glad it's not this episode. It's coming. Because <laughs> I'd be on it. <laughs> I, I think it's coming. But, you know, you, you bring up a, a really good point. Um, finding the energy, uh, finding the drive, the motivation to, to create more awareness and to really get the spoken word out. And I think that's something that we're going to be focusing on next episode as well when we talk to Aaron Michael. And uh, you talk about us, but uh, how do we compare to Aaron? You know, like Aaron oh, is just... There, there are road warriors, and then there are road warriors. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's Aaron the Michael. Princess. <laughs> and, and, and how <laughs> great she is uh, to be an ambassador for wow. all of our members and what pharmacists are doing and helping them market themselves as a compounding pharmacy, helping well, them get the word out in their communities and, and help growing their business. And I think that's what, I think that's what everybody's ultimate goal is. We, no one truly comes right out and says it, but we all know that we want to grow everybody's market at a micro level um, and, and help grow their business and their practice. Well, and, and it needs to because because there are people suffering. There are, there are people who are dealing with issues that, um, well, as this podcast got going, uh, Sebastian looked at my left hand and noticed that my middle left finger is all black. And he said, oh, what happened there? And I said, oh, I went to Australia, taxi door slammed on my finger. And he goes, oh, painful. He said, you know, I got something for that. <laughs> and I went, I should have known. You know, I'm, I'm here every day. And I go, should have known. We got something for that. And it, it, what an amazing thing. All the needs that are out there, Mike, you, you're, this is just how, it, it, like you said, 1%, not 2%. Is it that th just double that, 3%. If just more people's needs got met. And, of course, we've got to have 
trained professionals available who understand and are ready to not only look for those needs but fill them. And uh, this is a big part of what PCCA is about, is making sure the profession of pharmacy is armed, ready to go, to be of service. So I'm not going to delve into your uh, your finger, but <laughs> and we certainly can't give you anything out of here. But I can certainly give I you know. some ideas, I, on some that advice, one. right? Yeah. So globally, now this is an interesting one because we're talking about you know micro US. We're talking about global presence. We have uh, facilities in the UK. We have Canadian division. We also have an Australian division. You're seeing similarities across all of our business units. Do you see that sort of uh, development also happening in the UK, Canada, Australia in in those positive fashions? We're 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 involved, are we not? That's right. Well, uh, it compounding is different because people are different, and the systems for are different. The medical systems are different in in the different countries, but uh, by and large, humans are humans and pets are pets, and so that we have problems and. And we know how to solve those those problems that are there. So connecting with that through the systems, the, the medical systems as they exist, and the payment systems, et cetera, um, it's di- different than it is here in the states. But it's exciting. The, the 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 if you when the passion that you have is to help people, and the passion that you've got is the knowledge that you can solve problems other people can't solve, and you can bring that forward. Well, that's what we bring uh, to Canada. That's what we bring to uh, Australia. Our work in England is is just really going. We have a, a the world's just very different in Europe. They they somewhere along the way they they abandoned compounding pharmacy the way we practice it here. And uh, I'm I'm concerned that that the world would like to go this direction. It, they have a few very big manufacturing plants that are authorized by the government to actually manufacture compounds. So the pharmacist sees the patient and uh, the the pharmacist gets gets a prescription from a doctor. It clearly needs to be compounded. They send it to one of these manufacturing plants, and the manufacturing plant makes the product, ships it to the pharmacy. The pharmacy dispenses it. And so the pharmacist isn't really engaged and involved in the process uh, other than staying connected with the patient and collecting payment. So um, I, I don't think that's the fulfilling professional desire that pharmacists here in the United States want to have. We've seen pharmacists, uh, how the profession has lost that. We've seen a few pharmacists that, that want to get it back, and so they connect with us in different ways. Um, England is, is in that system. It's a, it's a system that's oriented that direction, and it is so without innovation. The system has no real innovation to seek out and pay for new, new things. Its, its cost mechanisms are oriented toward making sure people use what's available and what's cheapest, whether that works or whether that even solves the problem and not. So uh, if, if you've got something that there's nothing made for that they'll pay for in their system, eh, too bad. <laughs> and so it, it, is, it is a difficult place to see from the perspective of, a, of the U.S. And, and how we're trying to open up access to new needs it seems like the opposite process is kind of going on over there. And we're doing our best to reverse that, trying to get some innovative doctors and, and uh, get patients involved in demanding that uh, they have some of, the, some of the solutions that we're able to offer here in the States. Are we taking some of those lessons that we're learning in, in global markets and applying them to some of our, some of our opportunities here? 
And then the flip side is, are we applying some of our knowledge base into the, to these global markets? And, are, and we're seeing this progression. You know, when we went to England, I, I so totally remember how excited we were to take the technology we have to them, thinking they would just be lapping this up. They just are missing. Uh, we, we've got a database of over 10,000 formulations. We've got the ability to solve all these problems that haven't even come up yet. And it, it's, it wasn't received that way. So interesting to us that it was like, no, no, you can't do that. No, you can't talk to those people. The, the system was so restrictive, uh, oriented that way that it was very difficult. So we were excited to bring something. And then we realized, no, we had to learn something. We had to learn the Brits do business. They like doing business the way they do business, in fact. And we thought, how deprived, how, <laughs> and they don't see it that way. No, they've got their way of doing things. And you've got to kind of learn to, to take on the culture and how people work and what they're willing and able to do and work within those systems. So, I mean, that lesson alone is a huge lesson to learn. Um, we need to be better at doing that for ourselves here in the States and in the places we go to listen to the needs, adapt to, to what people can or able to do and help them how you can. Jim, we, we spoke about growth. We spoke about evolution, the future, current state of affairs. Um, you, you brought up a really interesting point subtly, and I'm, I'm going to raise the, the question again. Um, lives depend on a job well done, compounded with confidence. Um, obviously, anybody can do this, but what does this mean to you? Uh, because it is so important and it's part of all of our passions in terms of doing things right. And sometimes that doesn't come at a cost. And, and what does that mean to you in terms of what people are doing out there and, and how they approach this? Um, obviously, quality is so important. The patient is the number one outcome and it's the number one issue that we, we try to solve on a daily basis, no matter if it's us or a physician or a pharmacist. Um, so what does that mean to you? What does lives depend on a job well done mean? I listened to our, our chief operating officer, Fabian Sicardo, who has to work out a lot of the details with our FDA registration and maintaining that registration here as we have inspections and other things. And there's the level of, uh, there's the level at which we're dealing with quality from the standpoint of are we checking off the boxes do we do things the way we're supposed to do them and you know it's nice and comforting to know that we are able to do that in our sleep and not not that we don't have to work tremendously at it but it's something we we i think we do this better than anybody in the world is working with raw active pharmaceutical ingredients and the variety of them knowing the rules the regulations how to work within the system to make sure that everybody's needs are met and that the, that the public is safe. I think we do this better than anybody in the world. Uh, Fabian says that quality is, is a mindset, and I so totally buy into that, that idea because it, it represents the, the mindset is that lives depend on a well, job well done. So it's when you have the mindset that this is everything we do, no matter what it is in this building, in the end, it ends up reflecting on 
one of our pharmacy members' ability to serve a patient and how they do it, whether that's how I put it in the box, how I pick it, how I take the order, the care in which I, I make sure that a communication is transferred or not transferred, all of the things that we do, how it's invoiced even, all those things facilitate somebody getting something that's going to make a difference in their lives. And that's what we're about. It's that mindset. It's built into this place. And I love it. I love coming here. I love hanging out with the people who, who, who think and who feel the way they feel about this profession, how they're in love with, with compounding and what compounding can do. I love seeing people who put their passion into making a difference in people's lives every day. And uh, that, that's why I come to work every day. I think we all love it as well, Jim. And I think this is a great opportunity for people to get a bit more insight in terms of how we work and how we think and and what we're trying to do for pharmacists. So uh, it's probably the, the greatest way that you could have probably wrapped things up. And uh, definitely an honor and a, and a pleasure to sit down with you today. Uh, I know you're a busy man, and we, uh, we were able to fit some time in, in the schedule to get this recorded. So thank you so much for stopping by and, and doing this with us, because I think it is so important for people to hear your message as well. I'm honored. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. You, you remind me of so many of these innovators who say obstacles are, are only opportunities. It's just how you approach them. And, and so thank you for being such a good leader and, and bringing the ladder to every obstacle we, we, we have in the industry. So thank you. You're welcome, and thank you. Thanks again, Jim. Uh, I'd like to thank all of you out there for listening to Episode 2 of PCCA's podcast. For more information and resources, check us out on PCCA blog page and on our members-only website. Join us for our next episode. I know I alluded to this earlier where we have PCCA's very own Aaron Michael, who will walk us through best practices in marketing your business. Like us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Until the next time, I am Mike Delisio. I'm Sebastian Dennison, and we will see you very, very soon. Thank you very much. <laughs>